Welcome, everybody. Welcome to Save Coastal Wildlife Podcast. We are broadcasting from the Jersey Shore, the world-famous Jersey Shore, here in New Jersey. This is a podcast devoted to educating people about all the amazing diversity of wildlife along the coast, the threats to those animals, and ways to save coastal wildlife. My name is Joe Reynolds, and I am with Save Coastal Wildlife, a nonprofit devoted to saving coastal wildlife along uh, the Jersey Shore and also along the Northeast. And I'm the host of today for the Save Coastal Wildlife podcast, and I'm joined by my two best friends in the whole wide world. We have... Hey, this is Jen Zarcone, Brooklynite turned Jerseyite and Save Coastal Wildlife volunteer amongst many other coastal organizations. And then also we have... Hi, Tavia Danch, and I have about 35 years of learning how to be a human and 10 years working in nonprofits trying to make the world a little bit better. Awesome. All right. Well, so welcome both of you. Welcome, ladies. Welcome, yeah. everybody. And tonight, I don't know if anybody knows it, it is the Lunar New Year. Happy Lunar New Year to everybody. Woo. Happy New Year. <laughs> it is the year of the pig. And so... <laughs> Welcome if you're a pig, or even if you're not a pig. It's the year of the brown earth pig, which begins on February 5th, 2019, ending on January 24th, 2020. And this year, the uh, uh, year of the pig, will cultivate a spirit of compassion and generosity, which we all need nowadays. The pig is one of the most lovable animals in the Chinese zodiac due to its good nature, warm heart, and gentle spirit. Like 2018, the year is ruled by the earth element, a continued theme of stability. So this year is supposed to be an excellent year, ladies, if you want to have a baby. Uh, so if you're thinking about having a baby, popping out a baby, this is because the boar or the pig symbolizes wealth coming into the family. So if you have a child, you can get rich. And so isn't that a perfect reason to have a child? No. <laughs> but you know. Save some resources. But, you know, with the Lunar New Year comes also the Groundhog Day, which we were just uh, celebrating a couple days ago. And does anybody know, did the Groundhog see a shadow or not? He did not. It's confusing because I know some did, some didn't. Uh, I think if the Groundhog sees its shadow, we have six more weeks of winter. And so I think... Punxsutawney Phil did not see his shadow, so therefore it was a prediction of early spring. It was 65 degrees today. It's February, so maybe he was right, though I think it's going to get colder <laughs> later on. I don't know. It's crazy, uh, but it is midwinter, and so midwinter is a time when people start to get really sick of winter. Uh, people start to get cabin fever, and they want to get outside, and if you live along the coast, if you live along the beach like we do, you want to take a walk along the beach. And for some people, they might think, oh, it's a walk along the beach. I'm not going to see anything. Winter is a dead season. But we know, ladies, winter is really not a dead season at all, right? right? So much wildlife. Yeah. Biodiversity could be lower, but it's certainly not dead. It's just a little bit different. And so winter has its own surprises, sights, smells, and visions of coastal wildlife. And uh, there's one type of wildlife I know we all like to see, and that are seals. Seals can be popping up when you're walking along the beach. It's always a cool sight to see. I know one of the first um, sights, uh, or one of the first seals I ever saw in New Jersey was at Sandy Hook. I was just taking a walk, and this elderly gentleman uh, saw that I had a camera and said, hey, would you like to take a picture of a seal? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And he started to point to this little piece of wetland at Sandy Hook here in New Jersey. 
and I couldn't see the seal. I don't know what he was pointing at, and he must thought like I was an idiot because I am. And he said like, "Come over here, I'll show you." And I'd like get really close, and there's the seal, and it turned out to be this really cute harp seal, really adorable harp seal. And so that was the first seal I saw. Now keep in mind, I grew up along the Jersey Shore, and it took me until I was like in my 40s till I finally got to see seals along the Jersey Shore. So that is just crazy. Um, but since then, I've been seeing seals uh, just about every winter. So that's an amazing sight. What about you, Jen? When's the first time you saw a seal? Actually, the first time I really saw a seal, well, up close, well, at least through binoculars, and I, I grew up, you know, on the coast of Long Island as well, was last year with you. You took me out to Sandy Hook and um, got your, your fancy telescope out oh. and showed me the seals, and it was awesome. Yeah. And what about you, Tavia? Well, I grew up on the Delaware River, so we didn't have many seals out there. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I was really excited when I came to the Jersey Shore and was able to see them. And I spent some time volunteering as a uh, Marine Mammals Training Center volunteer. So awesome. I got to spend a lot of time babysitting some of the seals to make sure that no crazy people came in and bothered them while they were sleeping. So I got to draw a lot of really large circles on the beach and just sit and watch these amazing creatures and yeah they like to sleep and that was uh, for the marine mammal stranding center in brigantine right down in brigantine awesome organization so you should definitely check out their website they do a lot of great work and they're a nonprofit. they need a lot of money to help support uh, their operations and get those animals up and running again so please check out their website that's the marine mammal stranding center in Brigantine, New Jersey. And one of the most common seals you're going to see here in New Jersey is the harbor seal. It's uh, not only common here in New Jersey along the Jersey Shore, it's really common on the U.S. East Coast and also the West Coast as well, too. You could see harbor seals from Long Island and New York State, also along the coast of California as well, too. They're really a common seal. That's the harbor seals. Uh, you could see them resting on rocks or on beaches along the coast, sometimes on ice flows. They might be moving all around with their heads and their rear flippers elevated. They make this like banana-like pose, which is sort of unique to harbor seals um so they have really nice abs they, they must work out right yeah, they must do some yoga or something some hot yoga <laughs> so anybody uh, how much do harbor seals weigh do you think 20 pounds 525 that's pretty good Tavy. they weigh about <laughs> 300 pounds 285 pounds to 300 pounds so that was pretty good so and how long do you think they might get three feet 10 feet. Wow. Well, how about like six <laughs> feet, six feet in length? Males wow, are slightly larger than females. Yeah. yeah. So they get to be about 300 pounds and uh, and six feet long. So they are, they're pretty hefty, right? There's the seals, they have to have some blubber on and they got to keep warm and in, in swimming in that cold water. And so they're certainly, uh, they're certainly hefty in size. They're little roly poly creatures roaming around in our water, mm -hmm. coming out to warm up their bodies on a nice uh, sunny day. Harbor seals, they look like dogs. They have this dog-like face. So sometimes I tell people, if you see a dog swimming in the ocean during the wintertime, chances are pretty good it's not a dog. It could be a harbor seal swimming around. And that's unlike a gray seal. A gray seal has sort of this long Romanesque nose. 
um, that sort of looks like a horse head. But harbor seals have this face that looks like a dog. So that's what makes them sort of unique. And you can tell the difference between gray seals and harbor seals just by looking at their face sometimes. Uh, the color of, of grace or harbor seals, I should say, the color of each seal's fur, uh, the fur of the harbor seal varies, but there are basically two patterns. They have this light tan, silver uh, uh, fur-like color to them, and others have this blue-gray with dark speckles or spots. Sometimes, I've, I've read some uh, in some cases, though it's not totally proven, that you could tell the sex of the species by their color. Sometimes a lighter color might represent a female, and the darker color might represent um, a male, but that's not totally proven. Uh, there are different variations. So just, you know, it's, it's not easy telling the difference of sexes uh, other than maybe if you could tell uh, uh, the size. But even that can be difficult at times because even though males are slightly larger than females, it's a very slight, slight difference when it comes to the telling the difference between boys and girls. So what do you think harbor seals might eat? Fish. Fish. Right. Good job. And so the harbor seals diet consists mainly of fish. They also like to eat clams, shellfish, crustaceans, crabs, right? So whatever they can really get their heart on. They like a fishy meal. And so harbor seals um, complete both uh, shallow and deep dives while hunting depending on the availability of prey. And they can also sleep underwater and come up for air once every 30 minutes. So that's pretty cool. And I think you wanted to add something to that, right? Didn't you, Tavi, want to say something? Yeah. Yeah, so one of the cool things about seals is their air exchange rate. So they actually get ready for their big dive, their 30-minute dive, through exchanging 90% of their air capacity, while humans could only exchange 20% in their lungs. That's amazing. And this is sort of how they're able to sustain such a long amount of time underwater. So I thought that was really cool. It's amazing. You know what's really amazing, too? It takes about three to seven years for um, harbor seals to become sexually mature, right? But that's not really the amazing thing. What is amazing is once they have a little pup, that little pup is only weaned by their mother or raised by their mother only for like four to six weeks. And then that little pup, that little seal pup, is on its own for the rest of its life. Isn't that amazing? So it's only... Well, I'd have kids if that was the case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there you go. So you should, like, next this life year. should become a seal, right? So, or just try that yourself. <laughs> Maybe just have a child and just try and raising it for six weeks and see what happens. And then just push the kid out. <laughs> so, yeah. So this is why, like, sometimes when you're walking along the Jersey Shore, you might see a seal resting on the beach. Chances are pretty good. It might be a juvenile seal, a juvenile harbor seal, right? Because they're not really, you know, they're not with any group or anything. They're just on their own and they're looking for food. They might get tired. They might have came all the way down from Canada or northern New England, and they're coming here along the Jersey Shore, and they get tired, and they're resting on a beach. And then, lo and behold, what happens? People come, and they want to take selfies with the seals. They want to get close to the seals. They think it's going to put on some little show with them and twirl a ball (laughs) and all these crazy things, and that's not the case, right? So harbor seals are different from... Uh, Tavi, you're familiar with the California sea lions. You lived out in California for a little while. Yeah, so sea lions have, you know, those legs that they're able to sort of lift their themselves up, um, and seals do not. Harbor seals, yeah. Harbor seals move a little different. They move like caterpillars, yeah, right? Yeah. And so uh, they're a little different. And so when um, 
the way they move around is different. They're different from California sea lions. California sea lions, they don't, uh, they like, I shouldn't say they like, but they're more comfortable with people. They're, they're more used to people. Um, and this is why if you go to the Central Park Zoo in New York City, there are two or three uh, California sea lions that do put on shows for people. Um, but harbor seals, um, they really more, they, they don't like people all that much. They get scared of people and they will dive in the water if people get too close to them. And this is the problem because the harbor seals, they need time to rest. They need time to relax. Harbor seals, yeah, they have lots of blubber on them, but they also need time out of the water to warm up their bodies. I think that's a good point, Joe, because a lot of times you will see a harbor seal just laying there and sometimes it can look like it's dead. Yeah. Yeah, that's and true. chances are it's just taking a nap. So let it rest. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And it's the problem because people will see a seal on the beach. They've never seen seals. They've never seen you know too much wildlife. And they're going to think, oh, my God, it is dead, right? I can't tell you how many times I've been asked by people, oh, is that animal dead? And no, it just needs to rest to relax a little bit, right? Just like everything else, we, some people just need to rest to relax. Same is true for wildlife. And that's true certainly for harbor seals that might be coming from a uh, long distance away, they need to rest and relax as well too. However, you know, you should always be on the safe side and call up uh, the Marine Mammal Stranding Center in Brigantine, New Jersey, or there's a Marine Mammal Stranding Center pretty much in every state along the East Coast and from Florida all the way up to Maine. And so if you're unsure, if you think the animal is sick or injured, you should call your stranding center, your local stranding center in your state and uh, uh, volunteers or uh, people staff from that organization will come out and check and see if the seal or that marine mammal uh, is sick or maybe just needs to rest. However, the problem is, is that people um, want to get really close and take a picture. And, and that's where herein lies the problem is that seals are wild animals. Harbor seals are wild animals. And if you get too close to them, sometimes they're going to go in the water. Sometimes they might bite you. And that's a real problem because seals have this bacteria in their mouths. And if they bite you, um, it's going to cause some real serious problems. It's no fun to get bitten by a seal. Doesn't sound fun. Also, it's the law to not get too close to a seal because why, Joe? Right, because the Marine Mammal Protection Act of 1972 protects marine mammals, seals, dolphins, whales. um, All those marine mammals are protected under this act. And here's the thing is that... A lot of people don't realize this, but seals were hunted for a long time. So back in the 40s and 50s and 60s, you had harbor seals that were just being killed uh, for their fur, for their meat. They were being killed for like three, four, five dollars, right? Which doesn't sound like a lot of money, but if you kill like a hundred seals, um, that's like how much money is that, Jen? Yeah, like over $300. And so that's a lot of money today. That's a lot of money back in 1940, 1950, 1960. And so, you know, people were killing seals for their fur and for their meat. But also there was this perception that seals were competition with um, fishermen. And so if you're a fisherman, what are you going to catch? Fish. Right. And if you're a seal, what do you like to eat? Fish. Right. And so there's this 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 thinking that, oh, you know, I'm not catching enough fish today. So probably the seals. Oh, there's a seal with a flounder in its mouth. 
probably that seal is eating up all my profits. But studies have shown that's really not the case, that there's just so many seals out there and they're just eating so much. And yet they have these big fishing boats with these huge nets that are gobbling up uh, lots of fish. And it'd be fine if maybe there was just one or two fishing boats out there, but there are a lot more than just one or two fishing boats out there, not just here in the United States of America, but in Canada and all around the world. There's lots of people catching fish because people like fishy meals. And so the competition isn't really with seals. It's really with other people. And we're just using seals as a scapegoat. So now we have the Marine Mammal Protection Act of 1972. And since then, and also the Endangered Species Act of the early 1970s, and both of those federal laws combined has brought the seal population up to what it's today. And this is why we're seeing seals, more seals than ever before along the Jersey Shore. Again, I mentioned it took me a long time to see seals. I didn't see seals until I was in my uh, 40s. When I was a kid, I never saw seals. I had to go all the way up to like Maine or Canada to see seals. And then uh, when I was like 10 years ago or so, 15 years ago, I started to see seals along the Jersey Shore. And I just, whoa, that blew my mind. That's amazing that we have seals now along the Jersey Shore. Well, that's good to know because usually most of the news is the exact opposite of that. So I'm very happy to hear that. It is good news. However, with good news always comes a little bad news. And that bad news is that people just, um, they want to get too close to it. There's lots of threats and we'll go over some of the threats in a little bit. But one of the biggest threats is people just get too close to seals. And so there's a couple of things we just need to point out is that seals need to digest their food, right? So seals, they have these mouths where they don't really chew, right? They take big gulps. Do you remember there used to be a play uh, with Christopher Lee, uh, Reeve, Superman? Take human bites. <laughs> yeah, yes. Great. <laughs> right. I don't think, Dave, you remember that. But no. <laughs> you have to be of a certain age. And you remember that commercial for that play on New York City with Christopher Reeve. And it was just this comedy where this guy was just shoving food in his mouth. And I think his mother or his girlfriend would just say, like, take human bites. Yeah, that's exactly right. And so seals don't really take human bites. They just take a giant uh, bite of their food and then they swallow it down. And then their stomach has all these ridges and stuff and it sort of digests their food or cuts up their food and digests it for them. So seals need to come out and digest their food. And if they can't do that, they're going to get indigestion, they're going to get sick, and problems arise. So they need to come out of the water to um, warm up their bodies and also digest their food. And they need safe, quiet places to do that. And people who are, you know, get really crazy, they want to take selfies, they want to get really close. There are windsurfers out there. Or people that let their their dog off leash because yep. in the winter it's, you know, there's not a lot of people around. Uh, so dogs and seals do not get along, even though they might look alike. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They don't. So when, when you see a seal, right, first off, you really want to stay stand back, right? You want to give it space. You should give it at least 500 feet, right? Just give it some space. Don't scare the seals. Because what happens if we start scaring the seals at Sandy Hook or along the Jersey Shore, there's these places called haul-out sites. And these seals will come out in groups and haul out on the beach. And they feel safe in groups. 
And But if people get too close to them from windsurfers or dog walkers or just people trying to de- uh, get a picture from a boat or something, to get too close, we're going to scare the seals away. And this happened in San Francisco Bay where there was a bunch of harbor seals that people were getting too close and the seals just disappeared and never came back. And we don't want that to happen here in New Jersey, right? It's, the winter's long. It's yeah. cold. It's dark. There's really, the only thing that gives me any happiness is seeing seals. <laughs> That is the saddest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it's it's a very sad life. <laughs> but you can enjoy them from far away. Yes. Yeah, please do. So just tell your friends, tell your family. If nothing, if you learn nothing else from this podcast, if you see a seal, please enjoy it from a distance. Get a good camera. Please invest in a good camera, binoculars or a spotting scope, and watch wildlife from a distance. If you want to take a picture, invest in a good camera with a good lens and take a picture from a distance. Your cell phone is really not equipped at this point in time to take pictures, uh, close-up pictures of wildlife from a distance. You need to get close, and you can't do that with wild animals. You're going to scare them, and they could bite you. As we talked about, if they bite you, it's not only bad, it's not only a horrible experience, the bacteria in their mouths um, is so, like, I don't want to say toxic, but it will just... uh, It's going to cause a a reaction to you where body parts can be lost. I've seen pictures uh, where people have gotten bitten by seals or marine mammals and the bacteria got um, into their skin and they had to get their arms amputated, fingers amputated. There was one picture, real horrible picture. I don't know if you ever saw this, Tavia. The nose? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Where this woman picked up a seal and the seal bit her face <laughs> oh, and she I had to get to her she had to get her nose chopped off. But who would pick up a seal? Because you've all listened to our podcast and stay away. So all right, here's we got a couple more minutes to go. Here's here's a little scary story for you. So there was um, a seal, a harp seal. Now you know harp seals are really kind of cute and adorable. There was a harp seal in uh, in Sand Hook Bay. I'm not going to mention the town or anything, but along Sand Hook Bay, that should give you a hint of where it could be. So in Sand Hook Bay, there was this little harp seal. Again, people saw the seal. They're like, oh my God, it's dying. And uh, we don't know what it's here for. It should be up in, in you know New England or something. So they called the police. And the police thought, okay, we're going to be heroes. And the police officer picked up the harp seal, literally picked them up, picked it up. And threw it back in the water. And how do I know this? Because pictures, his partner took pictures of him doing this and posted Stop. on Facebook. Yes, yes. And is, he is okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily he's okay. Oh, my God. how dangerous is that? That is the That's police, horrible. local police. So you think, like, oh, local police know how to deal with wildlife. No, they know how to deal with drunk drivers and people who are intoxicated and people who, you know, do nasty things like rob people and stuff like that. But when it comes That's to wildlife, horrible. even local police do not know how to deal with local wildlife. And so this is why we're here trying to educate people that if you see local wildlife, contact the experts. In this case, it should be the Marine Mammal Stranding Center in uh, Brigantine, New Jersey. Please contact them if you live in New Jersey, if you live in New York State, someplace else, or Rhode Island, or Connecticut. or. And Joe, I have a question. I once saw a seal with like this weird antenna thing coming out of him. What, what was that? Uh, sometimes when they release, this is what I'm thinking. Sometimes when they release seals, sometimes the seal will get sick. It goes to a stranding center. And when they release the seal, sometimes they put transmitters on them to follow the seal to see where it goes. 
Um, and that's what I'm thinking probably was. They're expensive. They don't do it all the time. But when they have a little bit of money, extra money in their budget, when they get a grant, some of these stranding centers will invest in these transmitters to see where seals go. That's a really, that's a good point. So it's not, you know, some kind of alien creation, which is good to know. (laughs) So you don't have to call the stranding center. But what is really cool that I've seen, uh, and I believe the Marine Mammal Stranding Center down in Brigantine has has one, a bunch, and you could actually go on their website and you Mm. could see all the cool places that that seal has been. And all, you know, it's a long journey to get to where it's going. So that's pretty cool. So we've talked extensively about staying away from seals, right? So if you see a harbor seal on the beach, please stay away. But there's also many other threats for seals. So even though their population's coming back, there are still threats to harbor seals. And one of the biggest threats is entanglement in fishing gear and fishing line, right? So if you know somebody that fishes for a living, uh, either commercial or recre- uh, recreationally. Am I saying that correctly? Recreationally? <laughs> so if you <laughs> if you know somebody that fishes, please tell them to properly throw away their fishing line, right? Because it's not only seals, but horseshoe crabs. Many other animals also get tangled up in fishing line. Um, but since seals uh, spend a good amount of time in and out of the water near the coast, uh, they seem to get tangled up a lot into that fishing line. So please properly, properly throw away your fishing line. Um, illegal feeding. There are people that will illegally feed and harass seals. So they think it's cute if they throw a fish in the water and feed seals. Please do not do that. That's just stupid. Again, these are wild animals, and we don't want wild animals thinking, oh, if I can get to a human, I might get some food, right? That's not what we should be doing. We should not be encouraging that. Wild animals should be looking for food on their own. They really don't need our help, and so please don't feed uh, wild seals or really any wild animal uh, food. The only exception would be birds, right? If you have a backyard bird feeder, that's cool. But otherwise, if you have, if you see seals or dolphins or whales, don't try to feed them. That's just stupid. We're losing habitat, global warming. Uh, it's, it's, you know, we have more intense storms. Lots more development, you Lots know, big piers being built and condos and things like that that are taking up some, you know, important real estate out there in the waters. We're losing our beaches, right? Global warming is causing uh, sea level rise. We're losing our beaches there. And then if it's not sea level rise, as Jen pointed out, we're losing it because people are bulkheading our beaches or putting up boardwalks or putting up houses, condos, townhouses, all this crazy stuff. And we're losing habitat for seals and other coastal wildlife. So this is having an impact as well, too. And the poor seals don't really have too, too many places to come out of the water and rest and relax. So we need to protect our coastal habitat as much as possible. And then really a disturbing threat that I read recently, though it's been around for a while, uh, there was a study done in St. Andrews University. I believe that is in England uh, or in Europe. Scotland. Scotland. Ooh, good job. Nice. So St. Andrews University found out that Female seals were drawn to ship propellers, these large tanker ships, because the sound of those ship propellers sounded like a male harbor seal mating call. And that is just crazy, right? So imagine you're a female seal. You're swimming around. You hear this sexy call of a male. It's like, oh, that's cool. I'm going to head over there and see what that guy looks like, right? We have all been there. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Boom. (laughs) 
And the next thing you know, it turns out deadly. It's a ship repeller. <laughs> we have all been there. And I, I, a couple of years ago, and Tavia knows this, a couple of years ago, actually, I think maybe like I don't know, five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago, there was a seal that we were seeing uh, routinely. We used to call it scar belly, a scar belly seal because it had these three or four scars on its belly. And we didn't know if it was a shark or, or, a, ship. or a ship. And we still don't even know today what really caused it. But it was... The seal, this harbor seal was light in color, so it could have been a female seal, and it very well could have been, you know, enticed uh, by a large tanker ship, because there's so many tanker ships so many. in New York Harbor um, that it might have gotten uh, cut up by the uh, propellers. So, you know, we need to, te- we have all this technology. As I tell people all the time, you know, we have such amazing technology. Our cell phones, you know, I could watch movies on my cell phone. I could watch porno on my cell phone play games. I could do all these incredible things on my cell phone, and yet we still really haven't figured out how to do just practical things like uh, safe seals when it comes to not getting cut up by um, propellers or like, you know, do something about global warming or, you know, do something about our cars. I'm still driving basically the same car that my grandfather did, you know, 50, 60 years. Yeah, it has more bells and whistles, but it's basically the same car. And yet, you know, our technology is great entertaining us. But when it comes to really practical things like saving the world, um, we don't really have that great technology that we need. So we need to invest in better technology when it comes to these large tanker ships that they don't mimic the sounds of male uh, harbor seals mating calls. Crazy stuff, right, ladies? Right. What about the stuff that comes out of this tanker ships like? Oil and gas, dis- and, oh, yeah. and and discharge from sewage and things like that in the water. I would imagine those types of things also make their way up the food chain to the seals and could make them very sick. Yeah, oil spills are really horrible things, right? They do a lot of damage to lots of species, uh, seabirds, and also to uh, to uh, to seals as well too. So crazy stuff. It's not easy being a seal along the Jersey Shore. Right around New York Harbor, it's just not easy doing yeah. that. And so, I think we, as people who are, are supposed to be a little more intelligent than these animals, should do a better job in trying to make life easier for these animals for coastal wildlife. Um, you know, or just not make it more difficult. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that's true. So there you go. That's my story about harbor seals. That's a great story. Uh, I think, well, hopefully we'll see what happens. Hopefully people get the word out. Please pass this on to your friends and family. Let them know as well, too, that, you know, there are seals that call the Jersey Shore home during the wintertime. They come down from northern New England and Canada, and you could see them anywhere between November and April. Um, sometimes even in the summer, there might be seals popping out. Those juvenile seals that aren't sexually mature yet, they might stick around all year long. So you could very well see a seal in the summertime, but by and large, most seals that we see along the Jersey Shore are here between um, October and April. So if you see a seal, please stay away. Please do what you can to protect it and keep it safe and happy. 
And if you haven't, you could check out SaveCoastalWildlife.org from, for some amazing pictures of seals. Thank you, Tavia. That is our website, SaveCoastalWildlife.org. That's your organization we represent. We like people to come to our website. There is some good information. And please become a member. All you have to do is just uh, give us your email address, sign up on our uh, website to receive our email, uh, our, our uh, newsletter and our emails, and you get all the information. In fact, we're going to be monitoring some SEALs in the next couple of weeks. So if you want to join us for that, please uh, come to our website and, and join us at SaveCoastalWildlife.org. Thank you. I think that's it, right? I learned so much today. All right. Thanks, ladies. We'll see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye.